0: Father in heaven, we come before you this morning with thanks. Jesus, we love you because you first loved us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would minister to us through your word, illuminate the scriptures to our hearts, to our minds. Lord, I pray that you would move me out of the way. Lord, allow us to Well, many of you have likely seen the movie Captain Phillips, or you know the story. Uh, We're about to have a a movie clip, and let me set it up for you real quick. Tom Hanks, every man's actor, is Captain Phillips. Um, He is the captain of an American cargo vessel. And the moment that we're about to see is when a Somali pirate has just boarded the ship. He's broken into the bridge, and he's about to take what isn't his. We do not have it. Well, let me talk about it. So, imagine we're on a bridge. I'm Captain Phillips. Matt is a Somali pirate. He walks in, and he says, hey, I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now. Captain Phillips is actually the one with the authority on the ship. Somali pirates break in, and they steal, temporarily at least, what belongs to Captain Phillips. But then a higher power comes along, the United States Navy, hey the Navy SEALs in particular, and they take the ship back. They, The nice way of saying it, they neutralize the pirates and they give Captain Phillips what's rightfully his. This morning we're looking at the authority of Jesus. And there's a great um, slide here that may come up, it may not. But here's what it says: It says "author," dash a t. The the root of authority is authorship. When someone writes a book, they are the authority on it. So, who is the authority on French cooking? Julia Childs. She literally wrote the cookbook, right? So often we say when someone has authority over something, when they're an expert in their field, they, they wrote the book on it. Who's the authority in NBA coaching? Coach Pop. He's the absolute best. Everyone looks up to him. Who's the authority when a pirate takes over an American vessel? The Navy SEALs. So this morning, we're looking at who the ultimate authority in the universe is, and it's Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul reminds the church at Colossae, speaking of Jesus, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus holds ultimate authority because he's the author. Yes, there it is. Jesus possesses authority and power over everything. So the story of God continues like this. Evening had come, and Jesus was really exhausted from teaching all day. Um, Teachers, you know this feeling. So he tells the disciples to get a boat, and they wanted to go across the lake. Go across the sea to get some rest. As they take off, Jesus goes to the back of the boat, he finds a cushion, and he lays down and falls asleep. All of a sudden, a terrible storm came up. The winds started getting stronger and stronger, and so the waves, the fetch, started getting bigger and bigger. Now, remember, these guys are fishermen. they come to a point where they don't know what to do. The water is coming into the boat. They've got their pails. They're bailing water. But finally, they get to the end of themselves, and they go to the back of the boat and say, Jesus, teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? So Jesus wakes up, which I think is hilarious that this storm is so bad that um, Jesus sleeps through it. He wakes up, He looks out at the storm and he says, silence. Be still. Instantly, it goes calm. As soon as he speaks an authoritative word, everything goes calm. He is the author. Those water molecules came up with them. That wind, that was his idea. Because he's the author, he has the authority. So a couple of observations from our story so far. Um, I don't know if you've been at sea when things get unruly. Um, As a surfer, I have a number of times. And there's a great picture here. This is um, on our honeymoon. My smoking hot pregnant wife and I were taking this picture right here. (coughs) This is called Green Bowls It's a surfing beach in Bali Um, We're on the cliff looking down Beautiful lush rainforest Gorgeous beach um, Perfect wave But there's a channel there That you can't really make out Um, There's at least one tiger shark That lives there Uh, But he's well fed So he's never bitten a surfer Um, There's a bunch of fish there Um, There's a big cave that's full of bats, and they're the primary food source for pythons that live on the cliff, and they kind of go down. Um, We're right at the southern tip of Bali. The next piece of land is Antarctica, if you go due south. Um, There's really very little development, and so when you're on the beach, you look up at this 400-foot cliff, and, and you think no one's ever been to this island before. It's rugged, it's raw, and it's pretty dangerous. But it became my home surf break when I lived there. I got to live in Bali, Indonesia for a year as a missionary, and, and this was my home break, and so I got to go three to four times a week surfing there, um, and I just love this place. I love it to death. I became really comfortable surfing it, kind of figured out the tides, how it worked. I got sort of comfortable with the tiger shark that lived there, just kept praying a lot, and Find out if you believe in the sovereignty of God when you surf over a tiger shark a bunch. So I got really comfortable at this place, and a a friend of mine from Hawaii had messaged me on Facebook and said he was coming to Bali in a couple weeks. And so I got really excited because I wanted to play host. And he's a surfer, and one of the best things that you can do as a surfer is to find a spot like this that's kind of local and to have a local take you with them absolutely important. So we show up, this exact spot, and uh, we're looking down at the cliff, and there's one little dot floating. So there's one guy surfing. Like, this is as good as it gets. So we descend the 348 steps down the cliff. As we're coming up, we hit about 100 left. Here comes said bobber coming out of the water. So now it's just me and my buddy Drew at the most idyllic surf spot ever. So we're pretty stoked. We get there, sun's out. Um, If we've got the next... So this is Green Bowls. Perfect wave. Perfect wave. So we paddle out. It looks like this, except a lot smaller. It's about eight... That's 13 foot or so. Um, And that's me that's about to get detonated. That did not go well. That was one of my other almost near-death experiences um, in the water. But this was a different day. It's much smaller. So we paddle out. It's eight foot. And then I start to feel this wind come up. And it gets stronger and stronger. And within about 30 minutes, eight foot, perfect, sunny, surfing with just me and my bro is 14, 15, 16-foot faces that are all Choppy. and the way it works in surfing is when the waves get bigger they crash out further so if you don't want to be this guy like me here you paddle out towards it and you go up and over the wave well we start doing that and the, every wave is bigger and bigger and bigger so we're paddling to Antarctica at this point point. <laughs> and I realize we're in a really bad spot we're getting closer and closer to that current Number of people have been swept out to sea, never to be found again. So I look at Drew, and I say, "Drew, it is imperative that we get back to shore right now." It's imperative. I should have said it a little different. Um, <laughs> PG, PG. Um, he looks at me, and. And we're, we're having this moment where both of us are pretty competent surfers. We're comfortable in the water. He lives in Hawaii full time. So this is nothing new for him. And all pride is gone. We look at each other and it's, okay, yeah, we're about to die if we don't get out of this thing. So I start praying and I'm saying, Jesus, you have to get us to shore somehow. Because either we're going to be shark bait couple of hours or we're going to be in Antarctica and that's not going to go well. And it was this earnest prayer of, I literally don't have the power to get back to the beach. It was this very real guttural moment for me. Jesus, you're the only one that can save us. Things were beyond my control and needless to say, I was terrified. So miraculously, literally, we made it back to the beach. Um, hearts pounding, pride extinguished. And I knew that God had saved us. The disciples in our story are in a very similar situation. They're competent. They're fishermen. So Jesus asked them to get a boat. Sweet, this is our turf. Like this is what we do. Um, I can almost imagine them trying to show off for Jesus. Can you see it? Like hey, Jesus, I don't know if you've seen this, but this is a knot I just made up. Pretty cool, huh? There, You know, like, see the way I unfolded that sail? Uh. There's this playfulness about the moment. These guys consider themselves experts. They're the guys on Deadliest Catch, so they're used to storms. This is nothing new, but this storm in particular was unlike anything that they'd ever seen. So they start to do what they do, They handle it they've got what it takes they're wild at heart so they grab their buckets and they start bailing water out you see because the carpenter can keep sleeping because they're in a boat full of captains right like jesus doesn't have to worry because all the captains are on the boat unfortunately the water just kept coming in So, Jesus keeps sleeping. I love this, right? Like, he's sleeping in the midst of a terrible, terrible storm. And I think it's because he knew that water, he knew that lake, he knew those men, and he knew all would be okay. So, he keeps sleeping and he lets these experts work harder, strategize more, bail faster, come up with solutions. And they can't do it. So he lets them get to the end of themselves. Much like my friend and I at Green Bowls. He lets them get to the end of themselves in hopes that they'll turn to him. They finally do, as we know. They surrender to his authority. They submit to him and they're saved by his power. And I think this is how God loves us too, Right? He waits for our invitation, doesn't force things on us. What we find when we get into these moments is that the carpenter is actually the captain. And when I scan the room, um, I'm looking at some very, very competent people. Some of you have literally written the book on your field. Um, You're all very successful Have what it takes. Most of your day in, day out life, you don't need any help for anything. But what about those moments when we get that, like, laser beam clarity? The deal presents itself at work, and if it goes well, you're in high cotton. If it doesn't, you literally lost your company. Who do you run to? diagnosis comes back and it's really bad. You know that clarity that you get when that happens? Our teenager gets kicked out of school and we don't know what to do. These aha moments for us when we can see things absolutely clear. We know that we don't have what it takes. We know that all the things that we've built around our lives aren't ultimately what are going to save us. Pray like this, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move forward. So, from our story, we do what the disciples did we march to the back of the boat, we surrender to Jesus, we submit to his authority, and we find that we're saved by his power. This is a really poignant picture of the gospel. God is the creator of all things, the author of life. Like Paul said earlier, Jesus created everything. He creates us to live under his good and his gracious authority. But then sin happens. And how many of our stories are going really well, and then it's but sin? takes a pretty bad detour but sin comes in and it causes us to usurp God's authority in our lives we end up being the Somali pirates from birth actually we charge into the bridge and we say I'm the captain I'm the captain we seek equality with God and take what's rightfully So, Jesus comes, he steps out of heaven, he gets into our boat, Emmanuel, the captain is with us. It's when we turn to Jesus that he answers. And so, some questions for us this morning is, how's your boat? Smooth sailing? I kind of hope it is. Like some smooth sailing this week? Is there some spots where the water is coming over? Maybe more applicable to all of us. What are our buckets? Right? What are the things that we're great at that we think we can handle any situation with? got hit pretty hard with that this week while preparing for this. I had to come to some people and say, this bucket, (coughs) I'm pretty good at this one, but I need your help. So what are those things, those buckets? If your marriage is in a tough spot, (coughs) run to the one who actually has authority over it. The one who authored marriage. is 2 and 3. If if you don't know what to do in your parenting, he created that as well. He's the father. So there's these moments for us when we have clarity, but for most of us, it's smooth sailing, right? We have no idea where we've arrested the authority of God in our So as we come to the table this morning, what we're going to do is an act. It's a visible sign of what the gospel is, right? We're going to hold out our hands. We're going to take the bread and we're going to take the cup. And we're going to say, Jesus, I might think I have it all together, but I don't. I need you every hour, every second, every moment. Jesus, if you hadn't shown up, I would be dead. In fact, I was spiritually dead. Um, When I was born, I was actually naturally an enemy of yours. But you stepped out of heaven because of your death, your burial, your resurrection. Now I'm free. But even so, there are times, Lord, when I take the bridge Say, no, Lord, you can't have that one. You can't have that relationship. You can't have my finances. You can't have my surfing. Whatever it is. So as we come to the table this morning, I would invite us to submit to his authority. To surrender to him. we're going to do here in a little bit, and we're we're closing now. So once Andrew gets up and he starts playing a song, um, we're going to get a chance to go to the back of the boat. And we get to go to the back of the boat every week here at Grace, and I love it, it's so beautiful. We're going to go to the back of the boat, and we're going to ask Jesus to save us. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your kingly rule. Lord, we confess that you are the author of life. Lord, you made us. You knew us long before this moment. You loved us. You sent your son to the earth to live a perfect life. And then he took the penalty which was meant for us upon himself. Jesus, we just say that we trust in you. We need you. You are the only way. Holy Spirit, seal this scripture in our heart.